Miracles are happening all around us. Sometimes we see them, sometimes we may not see them, but that doesn't mean they're not there. This morning we're going to read about some folks who saw the same miracles but had two very different reactions to those miracles, and it teaches us a very important lesson that we need to understand. It's found in John chapter 12 as we continue in this chapter from the Gospel of John. This morning we'll be reading beginning in verse 37. I'm not sure who it is who invented those those binoculars they have at tourist destinations. You know, you've seen them. They kind of like are a big metal triangle, and you put a quarter in, and then you're supposed to be able to, to look through them. Whenever I try those, I usually have one of two experiences. Either I, I put the quarter in, and then it's so out of focus that I have to keep looking around to, to see for sure what it is I'm supposed to be looking at through the binoculars, or I put the quarter in, and nothing happens. All I see is the inside of the binoculars. I don't see anything at all. And, and I hear all the other people around me talking about, wow, do you see that amazing uh, giraffe over there or whatever it is that they're looking at? And I'm looking, I, I just don't see it. Well, by the middle of John's Gospel here in chapter 12 of the Gospel of John, there were some people who just didn't see it. Jesus, by this time in his ministry, had performed some extraordinary miracles. Those miracles included healing a lame man, giving sight to a man who had been born blind, and even walking on water. Yet there were those who heard about those miracles. There were those who even saw those miracles who still refused to believe in Jesus. But in this case, the binoculars weren't the problem. Look with me, if you will, here in John chapter 12, starting with verse 37. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This morning, there's a very important question that I want to ask. It's a question that every person needs to answer. Perhaps it may be one of the most important questions in our life. What is it going to take for you to believe in Jesus? Now, there's something that that we as believers need to understand. It's a a hard truth, but an important one for us to to recognize and, and internalize. There are some who won't believe. It seems almost impossible to conceive that you could be there as Jesus walks over to a man who has never been able to walk. And he tells him to get up, take your mat. Go home. And the man gets up. And not only walks, but runs and leaps with joy. Or to be there on the day when Jesus goes up to a man who had never been able to see. And restores his sight. And that man runs around the temple grounds telling everybody that Jesus is the one who did this for me. It's inconceivable almost for us to, to think about being in the presence of those kinds of miracles and yet walking away unbelieving. 
How could that be? How could you possibly see these incredible manifestations of God's power and just walk away? But that's exactly what some people did. They witnessed the miracles of Christ. They didn't just read about them in the scripture. They were there when they happened. They heard the incredible testimony that Jesus was giving to them, telling them that he was the Christ. And then they saw his claim proven right there in front of them. And yet, they refused to receive it. Now, now none of this comes as a surprise to Jesus. (laughs) Here the scripture quotes from the prophecy of Isaiah that prophesied this very thing, that there were those who would not believe. Despite the evidence, despite the power of the message, there were those who would simply walk away. As John continues this quote from Isaiah in verse 40, he describes how their eyes were blinded, their hearts were hardened, they didn't see because they weren't looking. It's one of those things we have to understand. As we seek to share the gospel with our world, as we seek to share the gospel in our community, as we seek to share the gospel with our friends and our family, we need to understand there are some who won't believe. There are some believers who they desperately want to do what Jesus has called us to do. They, they hear the, the great commission. They hear the words of Christ to go into all the world and to go and make disciples. And that's, that's what they desire to do more than anything else. And so uh, after lots of prayer and after lots of study, they, they go out and, and they share their faith and nothing happens. And they assume, well, I didn't do it right. Or they assume, well, I just don't have this gift. And they quit. They get so discouraged that they don't share their faith anymore because they think in the back of their mind, it's just not going to do any good. That's kind of like a doctor who quits the medical profession and when asked why, he replies, it's because people keep getting sick. Well, yeah, that's kind of the point. If people didn't get sick, we wouldn't need doctors. The fact that we get sick is evidence of how much we need those folks who will help us in the medical profession. Folks, the fact that there are those in our world who don't believe in Jesus shows how desperately we need to tell them. The fact that people don't believe today shows how desperate and deep the need is for us to do what Jesus commanded us to do. To go and tell. There are going to be those who who won't believe. We need to be ready for that. And as difficult as that may be, we must avoid allowing that reality to keep us from sharing the reason while there are some who won't believe there are some who will believe 
after this incredible, discouraging statement about the continued unbelief of some of those who were right there to witness the miracles of Jesus, John then notes something remarkable in verse 42. Yet, at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. As bleak as it may have appeared from the outside, Jesus was impacting the lives of people. Even some of those that nobody would have ever thought would follow him. Some of the religious leaders. Some of those who had publicly been Denouncing him privately were thinking something else. Now scholars through the years have discussed their belief. Obviously there's some problems here. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but they were afraid to publicly admit it because they were afraid of what might happen to their reputation. They were afraid they might get put out of the synagogue. They were afraid they might be publicly shamed. And so they they stayed in the shadows. They stayed in the background. They were afraid to step forward and confess that, yes, I believe he really is who he says that he is. What a bunch of weasels. (laughs) But remember something. Some of these weasels were guys like Nicodemus who would come to Jesus in the middle of the night afraid that somebody might see him but were desperate to learn more about what this man Jesus could do for them. There were people like Joseph of Arimathea who until he saw Jesus dying on the cross was unwilling to step forward but in that moment suddenly realized, no, this is the one. Yeah, there were problems. Yeah, they should have been more bold. They should have stepped forward in their faith. They they shouldn't have been holding back. But God was working in their life nonetheless. And therein is an important lesson for every one of us as believers. As we share our faith, as we invite people to church, as we seek to share Christ with our world, you will not always see the full impact of your witness. It's an often told story, but it bears repeating because it illustrates this very important truth. The Sunday school teacher named Mr. Kimball, he taught boys in Sunday school in Boston back in 1858. And you can imagine how that went every Sunday. Those of you who teach boys in Sunday school, you know how that goes. They're wiggling and throwing stuff and punching each other in the ribs and all of that. But every Sunday, Mr. Kimball would faithfully teach, and he prayed every week for those boys in his class. And, and, and one goal that he had was he wanted to share Christ with each and every one of them. He wanted to make sure before they left his class that they had an opportunity to hear the gospel. And he had one boy that, that showed up a few times there in class but didn't seem to be making any progress with them. He was a shoe clerk. He had to work a lot of the time, so he wasn't even able to be there much of the time. But, but, but one day he went there to his shop where the boy was working, and Mr. Kimball walked in and, and shared Christ with him. And this this boy uh, came to faith in in the Lord. His name was Dwight L. Moody. You might not know that name, but back in the late 1800s, he became incredibly well-known as one of the most powerful 
preachers in America. Led hundreds and hundreds of people to Christ. And in fact, not only in America, he, he had some crusades in England. As he went to that nation that even at that time was beginning to turn away from the Lord in many ways. And he would go and he would preach. And, and as he was there preaching on one of his crusades in England, there was a, a pastor of a church who would become very, very frustrated. His church wasn't reaching anybody. He tried to share the gospel as best he knew how. And things just weren't going well. Uh, his name was F.B. Meyer. And, you know, he, he went to one of the crusades and it just revived him. It just it helped him to realize, you know, what I'm doing is significant. We're sharing Christ. And so F.B. Meyer had a fire lit in his heart. He became a well-known preacher in, in England and, in fact, was so well-known that he came over to America to preach and was preaching in a, on a college campus. And as he was uh, preaching there, a student by the name of J. Wilbur Chapman came to one of those meetings and, and got excited, got enthusiastic about the Lord. Wilbur Chapman worked in a YMCA where one of the guys standing there was a former baseball player named Billy Sunday that Wilbur Chapman was able to encourage and bring to the Lord. And you may not know the name Billy Sunday, but Billy Sunday also became one of the most famous preachers in, in American history, doing evangelistic work all over. And one Sunday he held a revival in Charlotte, North Carolina, a revival that had such impact that the businessmen there in, in Charlotte said, hey, we need to do this again. This, we need to see if he can come back. But Billy Sunday was already booked in another place, so they, he, but he did introduce him to another fellow, a guy named Mordecai Ham, who could come and do the revival for him. So he brought him into town. He did a crusade there. And at one of the meetings, a young man named Billy Graham showed up, came to faith in Christ. And you know the rest of that story. Over 53 million people have heard the gospel through his ministry. More than 1.6 million people have given their life to Christ. It is very easy to become discouraged in our work for the Lord. We teach a Sunday school class of a bunch of wiggly kids that don't seem to be listening to anything. Or a bunch of wiggly adults that don't seem to be listening to anything. We share with a coworker that we've been praying for and we've been lifting them to the Lord. And we've been trying to find that right moment and, and, and we've been afraid, we've been worried about how that might be perceived. But finally, uh, the Lord just lays it on our heart. We go and we, we work up our courage and we, we, we share our faith with them. Maybe we share the Roman road or maybe we give them a gospel track. Nothing happens. We invite someone to church. We, 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 again, we get our courage up and we, we do it the very best way we can. We put on our best clothes and go over with a nice basket of fruit and just say, hey, we want to invite you to come to church with us next Sunday and they don't show up. We pray and we pray and we pray for a loved one and nothing seems to change. You need to realize something. You don't see everything. You don't know what the impact of your witness ultimately is going to be. You don't know how the Holy Spirit is working through those seeds that you're planting. Through those that will be influenced by your witness. Maybe the guy in the cubicle next to you doesn't follow Christ, but the lady in the cubicle on the other side overhears what you say. And quietly gives her heart to Christ. Maybe that person you invited to come to church doesn't come that Sunday. 
But somewhere down the road, God places some events in their life that they think back, you know, I didn't go when they invited me and I should have. Maybe there is something going on at church. And they don't even come to your church. They've moved away. But they go to another church and find Christ that day. What you need to understand is that God is in the miracle business. There are miracles in the biblical sense happening all around us. I appreciate so much Bruce and Eva being willing to share the miracle that happened in their life. I know many of you could give testimony to the way that God worked in your life as well. God's doing those powerful biblical kinds of miracles all the time. He's still doing that. But let me tell you something. The greatest miracle of all is when He transforms someone from death to life. When someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, their sins are washed away and they step into the presence of God's grace. There's no greater miracle than that. And, and, and there are sometimes we're like I am at those, those, those tourist attractions with those binoculars and we're, we're trying to see it. We're saying, Lord, that's what I want to see. Lord, use me. Lord, help me to, to be the kind of witness you want me to be. But it's kind of out of focus and, and maybe we're not seeing anything at all. And we make the mistake of seeing this just isn't going to work. And we turn and we walk away. And we miss the miracle. Don't miss the miracle. And recognize that as you are faithful to God, as you share your testimony, as you share your witness, as you share that gospel tract, as you invite someone to come to church with you, you may not see the immediate impact that's happening because there are those who are like these religious leaders were. And they're going to hear your words and they're going to follow Christ. They're not going to know exactly how to do that. They're going to be like these guys were. They may hide it. They may not let you know what happened. But God's working. And as events continue in their life, as God continues in their life, they're going to come forward. They're going to be some of those Nicodemuses. They're going to be some of those Joseph of Arimatheas. They're going to be some of those D.L. Moody's, those Billy Sundays, those Billy Graham that you could have never imagined what God was going to do. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Don't stop sharing the greatest story ever told. Somebody in your life needs to hear it. Who is that someone for you? Heavenly Father, help us. It is so hard for us sometimes to see what you're doing. Now, sometimes we can see it very clearly. The miracles that you're doing around us, there are things that happen. If we'll just take time to open our eyes and see, there are things you're doing that are obvious. You can't miss it. We just miss it because we're not looking. So God, help us to look. Help us to see all the ways your hands are at work around us. But God, sometimes it gets frustrating when we try to share our faith, when we seek to do what you've called us to do, when we invite somebody to church, they don't show up, and we... we We work up our courage and and share with them uh, the gospel and they don't seem to respond. God, it's so easy to just throw up our hands and walk away and say, well, we're just not good at this. But God, help us to realize you're working. 
even when we don't see it, even when we may not perceive it, you're working. So God, help us to be faithful. To share with those around us the good news. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.